We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make low-maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom. So we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Napa Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolored paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. I'm Jake Letarski, joined today by a new face, or, or voice, I guess, for your listeners, in Chris Benzine. If you are out there on Twitter, you can follow me, at Jakeski52. You can follow Chris, at Crispy272002. Now, Chris Benzine, already the Rotowire FanDuel Fantasy Football Champion, and he got off to a hot start in the Week 1 Office Challenge for Baseball. Chris, what was the key to victory for you last Friday? I'd say the key to victory was definitely going with a lower price first baseman when Tyler White taking advantage of those early of the uh, early season lower priced. It, uh, you have the players lower priced early on, and that'll rise as the season goes on. Or uh, Tyler White has already risen over three thousand. Mm-hmm. At the time when I took him, he was sitting at twenty six hundred in Milwaukee. Nice matchup, and I, I, I he was the big key to victory. He was the one that really went off. And where a lot of people generally the rule is you want to spend up at those corner corner infield positions. I went a little cheaper and it actually uh, it paid off in a big way. 
Yeah, a guy like Tyler White, who was already up to 3,400 this morning. Now, he's going to have excellent short-term viability, and this is great in your daily leagues. Uh, but for season long, there are some prospects. Maybe A.J. Reed. I guess we'll see if that price is going to be able to stay up there. But, uh, yeah, always, and of course, the Brewers matchup, too. Going to be a team to target throughout the season, not just with the young pitching early on, but as they start to call up some of their prospects and test different guys out. Always going to be kind of a stack option there in Milwaukee. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Milwaukee is definitely a hitter's ballpark, one of the better ones in baseball. And the the team this year, unfortunately, as Brewers fans, is not a great team this year and mm-hmm. don't have a great pitching staff. So there's there's a chance for a lot of runs possibly on both sides. But definitely the away team could can probably rack up some runs. All right. Well, with that being said here, let's get down to the meat and potatoes of the podcast. We're talking about Tuesday's slate of daily fantasy baseball on FanDuel. Uh, We're going to start out by looking at some cash game pitchers. This is kind of going to shape our discussion or at least the outline for most of them uh, today. And again, cash game pitchers, you always want to kind of look for guys high floor, don't necessarily need to have the same high ceiling here. So you're looking for safety when you go for cash game pitchers. So there's going to be some highest priced guys. Of course, we don't have the salaries yet, but just looking at the slate, players such as Noah Syndergaard and Jose Fernandez are going to be some of the top priced players on the slate here. Uh, of course, those two square off against each other. So I'm a little bit wary about the, uh, you know, trying to get a win from either of them because the game's going to be so close, at least in theory. But outside of those two, Chris, do you have someone in mind that you're going to pay up for? Yeah, I'm going to pay up for uh, Corey Kluber against Tampa Bay the Rays actually only have 18 runs so far in six games that's for you math whizzes out there that's uh three runs per game uh and you're not exactly penalized for hit or runs against so it's not a big thing if the Rays rack up some hits they have had a decent average as a team this year but that doesn't really factor in too much in in FanDuel scoring because that's you're not penalized for that so really only need to worry about that run category and as I said before they only have three runs per game so far this season and and he's a pitcher with great strikeout potential, and he's a good chance to go deeper in the game. He's got a nice matchup, a decent matchup against Matt Moore, and Cleveland generally hits lefties pretty well. And he's also in a, a nice ballpark as a, as a Tropicana field there. It's a pretty good uh, pitcher's ballpark. And then um, I just feel like he has a good chance for a win with, considering the matchup and his, his run support he has there. He has a pretty good lineup behind him. And I feel like all those factors together, you want to get that win. If you're going, if you're in cash games, I think and anything in general, you want to get that win. That's huge. And uh, I think Corey Kluber gives you about as good a shot as any to do that. And he did have a little rough outing his first time around, but I mean, he, Corey Kluber is the clue bot. I, I don't think it's really something to worry about. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. And if anything, that rough outing the first time around, again, he lasted five and a third innings, gave up four earned runs on nine hits, uh, walked two, gave up one home run, only five strikeouts. So really a down outing by his standards. But if anything, that big outing might back off some owners, make some owners back off on his ownership. So normally a high-priced top guy like Kluber will you know, be owned by 30, 40% in a 50, 50 or something like that. But I think we might see a lot of those, uh, those shares maybe pushing towards a guy like Syndergaard who had a pretty good first outing. And, uh, of course, giving you more room for profit with a guy like Kluber. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, like, like you were saying, a lot of the ownership percentage could shift away with the fact that he had that bad outing in the first time. So mm-hmm. I'm, I definitely see, uh, I definitely would not mind going with him on the second time around. 
Yeah, and furthermore, one of the things I really like to look at as the season goes on when when trying to pick out starting pitchers is I like to kind of rank teams by a couple different statistical factors. One's weighted on base percentage, and one is strikeout rate. Now, of course, we just have a one-week sample size, so that's not super reliable just yet. But Rays sitting right in the middle of the pack in weighted on base percentage, and as a team, striking out at a clip of 21.6%. So I think that just poses well for a guy like Kluber. Um, although I do like Kluber a lot, my pick for cash games, and I think it should save you a little bit of money, possibly $2,000, uh, you know, more or less here if the pricing stays the same. But I'm back on the Kenta Maeda train, who uh, has a home matchup against the Diamondbacks here on Tuesday. Uh, the Dodgers, first and foremost, you got to look at the, the uh, money lines on this game. And the Dodgers are... Uh, Minus 160 favorites, so I believe that's the third biggest favorite of the day. So you got to like the win probability there. He's going up against Patrick Corbin, so we know the Dodgers can hit. They've got some right-handed bats in their lineup, so uh, scoring runs shouldn't be a uh, big problem for the Dodgers. Furthermore, Kenta Maeda, pretty fantastic in his last outing. Threw six scoreless innings, no issued, no walks, four strikeouts. You know, fantastic might be underselling it. He was almost dominant. You could have made an argument that he deserved to be in the game a little bit longer and at least early in the season while Maeda's price is fair and major league hitters are still adjusting I think that you can continue to use him and and continue to profit from him for at least the first month of the season the only things that will eventually hinder that will be other teams starting to adjust his style a little bit or maybe his price going up to the point where he is at the same level as guys like Kluber Fernandez, Syndergaard, all those type of players. And if that's the case, then he's not necessarily a, a must-play here. But I, I would say for a cash game, he's got a floor of about five, six innings, four or five strikeouts, good win probability. I like that. Chris, do you, do you have any thoughts on Kent Maeda? Do you have him in uh, – did you get any season-long shares? Because that's one – One after watching his debut, that was uh, one thing that I regret, not getting any season-long. Uh, yeah, I actually own him in two of my three leagues. I saw some of his performance in spring training, and I was surprised by how well he's pitching. And – that I was targeting him, and I got him actually in two of my season-long leagues, so I'm very happy with that. And that's another reason, I, I mean, I agree with your pick there. He may not strike out people at the, as high of rate as some of the top guys you're getting mm-hmm. there, but he's a guy that can go deep into the game, has a good, like you said, they're the, the heaviest favorite to win that day. I think they're the third one, heaviest Sorry, favorite. third heaviest, but they're one of the, one of the favorites heaviest favorites to win that day spoiler and, alert uh, nationals are minus 200 favorites but we'll get to that later <laughs> yeah and um so i mean i like you said there's a lot of good factors it's it, fortunately it's in la not in arizona that would change things a bit but um yeah like you said there's a lot of factors going in his favor and early on in the season when uh the price is possibly down a little bit and hitters still haven't adjusted to him this is the time to target him yeah and, and just a warning on maeda uh, the game is at 4.10 p.m. Eastern time, so it'll either be delegated to the two-game early slate that includes the Pirates and the Tigers, or you'll have to get on early enough to play an all-day slate. Your standard uh, 7.05 Eastern slates might not include a guy like Maeda, so of course then you uh, may want to take Chris's advice and lean towards a guy like Corey Kluber. If you are listening to this podcast, you know how much uh, Chris and I love daily fantasy baseball and love talking to you about it. We always wanted to deliver great content to our listeners, and the best way to do that is to learn more about you. In order to do that, we've created a survey that's quick, anonymous, and you'll have a chance to win a Google Chromecast just for helping us out. Visit www.mylistenerstudy.com and tell us all about yourself. That's mylistenerstudy.com. 
www.chrome.com. We'll learn more about you. You'll get a chance to win a Chromecast. That's pretty much what I call a win-win situation. Again, that's visitmylistenerstudy.com. It's just as easy as going to rate and review the podcast. should be a quick couple minutes. Get you a chance to win a prize there. So, uh, again, you can't really lose in that situation. Really appreciate it if you help us out, as we do any and all feedback. Well, Chris, let's move on to uh, some hitters before kind of wrapping things up with uh, our tournament plays. Now, there's been a lot of hitters that are gaining a lot of traction as far as uh, fab bidding this week, and it has to do with uh, some prospects that are really coming up, and that's uh, been kind of the main target here. And uh, with baseball, you always kind of want to find the, I guess, you know, for those of you who play daily NBA, you want to find the Hassan Whitesides, the guys that are going to come in sneaking up at minimum price, but with ceiling and upside that's going to eventually raise their price to the top tier of guys. Now, do you have any hitters in particular that you're going to try to target on Tuesday or look for or or just just kind of general strategy that you're going to look for? I mean, I guess the general strategy that I've noticed this season already right at the bat is, is it's worth looking at the top of the order. Uh, FanDuel used to always penalize for at-bats. You or for outs, I should say, mm-hmm. you lose points for every out you made. So, so it wasn't necessarily a ton, like worth a ton to go atop the order. It wasn't as advantageous as it is now. When they when they take that out, those at bats mm-hmm. don't extra bats don't penalize you at all if they get out. So you really want to try to target guys closer to the top of the order because you're going to get more bats and more chances to score points. Mm-hmm. So that's and and uh, that's where I'm targeting early on, and it paid off in the first week of uh, playing daily for me. Yeah, absolutely. One guy I'm particularly going to look at is uh, Nor- Nomar Mazara of Texas. Now, uh, I, we kind of touched on him um, in, in in previous. If you if you play season long, you've heard and listened to our Rotowire podcast. You've definitely heard about Nomar Mazara before. He kind of came in on fire on Sunday. Went, uh, I believe, it was three for four in his major league debut with, uh, with with two singles and a home run. And kind of building off what Chris is saying. He's a lock to, I wouldn't say he's a lock, but he batted second in the order in his debut. And if he, who is essentially taking over for Shinzu Chu, if he's able to uh, continue batting at that spot, it definitely maximizes his value. Chris, would you say he's a lock at pretty much anything less than 2800 Do you think that's a fair price? Yeah, I'd definitely say so. I mean, much like some of the Tyler White like I had last week, mm-hmm. any guys that are that low with, with that high of upside and – Generally, I mean, he hits in a good ballpark when he's at home too with uh, the Rangers. So that's mm-hmm. definitely something you want to look for uh, early on in the season. That and Nomar, like you said, considering how big of a prospect he is, if he's down that low, that's somebody you definitely want to target. Yeah, absolutely. A guy like Mazzara, someone whose price will be on the upswing before long. So. As always, you want to buy low, just like stocks, even just like season long, you want to buy low uh, on that. Another guy who fits that description, who may not necessarily be an everyday player, but maybe someone that you could consider targeting in daily uh, when he's in the lineup. Of course, uh, check out our Rotowire lineups page for that. It's absolutely free. Get the fastest lineups in the business. But uh, plug aside here, I'm looking at Joey Rickard of the Baltimore Orioles. Now, he actually got the start on Monday with Adam Jones dealing with a ribs injury. Now, Jones th- says he's healthy enough to play, so we're not necessarily sure about this for Tuesday's slate of games, but Joey Rickard, he was sitting at 22 or 2300, and I think that's an excellent option if he's if he's leading off uh f- for the Orioles there. Yeah, he's uh he's taking that left field left 
the starting left field job from Hyunsoo Kim when he came in and bat, had a bad spring training. So he's he's been in there almost every day, and his price hasn't risen a ton. And he's uh, I believe he's been hitting near the top of the order the whole time. So that's really beneficial if you're able to do that. Um, actually, he may have started off towards the bottom, but he's now he's batting at the top, like you said, with Adam Jones out, and that's huge. And he's got some stolen base potential. I believe he had some. Uh, mm-hmm. He had the ability. He had decent stolen base totals in the minors doesn't generally have a ton of power but he does actually have a home run this season already and he's he's a good contact hitter and and uh a guy that really can put up some points i think like you said he's had a good cheap price early on in the season and if that doesn't mm-hmm. rise here soon it's still worth getting him in there at this point yeah i would absolutely agree with that uh you know especially if you're going to pay up for some of the top pitchers and need some salary relief usually when i'm building lineups i find um guys towards when I'm when I'm about ready to get my last outfielder and it's almost time for a minimum price guy and Rickard would certainly fit that bill staying with the outfield and I guess prospect theme got to take a look at Malik Smith now he led off for the Braves on Monday uh do you know anything about kind of his profile as a major leaguer yeah I mean he's another contact guy he's a guy that can get on base at a high clip and he's a guy that can steal bases mm-hmm. I believe he's had in the mid twenties to to the the high twenties or even low thirties in stolen bases the last few seasons so he's a guy i mean you don't have a ton of uh offensive support behind him, but you do have like a Freddie Freeman bat you do mm-hmm. have a few guys on top of the order that can get him in and he's so he's not gonna hit a ton of home runs or anything, but he's another guy that you can he can get on base for you, get you some points there. Stolen bases are a good value there, so if he can get you a few of those or even, like, one uh, in a game, that's that's definitely helpful there. And and it's a guy that I would be targeting at this point, especially when he's in – he may not be in the lineup Tuesday because he's going against uh, – they're going against a lefty in Gio Gonzalez, but he should be in the lineup against most righties, I would think. So – and, and – top the order especially because they really don't have a ton of great hitters as I mentioned so this is a guy early on you may want to target at that low price before it rises yeah and and just staying with that same theme now quick uh disclaimer Cardinals not playing Tuesday but Jeremy Hazelbaker was minimum price on Monday let off or I'm sorry batted second in the order first that bat was a triple that he eventually came around and scored on so he's someone who at minimum price of 2200 you might want to watch for there uh, on top of those guys just uh watch list type players I'm looking at uh as far as position guys go I'm looking at Mark Kanha of the A's uh tomorrow now he is mostly a platoon guy who's going to see most of his time against left-handed hitters so I think he will start Tuesday against Hector Santiago uh, of course time of the record we don't really know for sure yet but I would say it's a safe bet that he start hit the A's first home run of the year earlier in the week I think uh, he, he pretty much proved that uh, he belongs there last season and, and he's another guy that you might want to look at if you're putting together lineups for Tuesday uh, just to wrap up the hitter discussion I want to run down the highest over-unders of the day because uh, always good to know the projected games the target for stacks I mean this is from a purely uh, Vegas standpoint but you know if you if you need a tiebreaker definitely like to look at that and uh, I'm going to start and I'm pretty much going to name off uh, there are four games with an over-under of eight and a half one is Juan Nicasio and the Pirates at Anibal Sanchez and the Tigers. Another one is Robbie Erlin of the Padres, at Charlie Morton and the Phillies. Another one is Masahiro Tanaka and the Yankees, at Aaron Sanchez 
and the Blue Jays. That one I might actually shy away from despite the 8.5 over under. I think just the amount of power, power bats that are there. Uh, those guys are going to um, are, are still going to are going to score some runs, but the pitchers there are pretty solid. Another eight, eight and a half over under game: Chris Medlin and the Royals at Mike Fires and the Astros. And then we look into the heavy hitter ones, the ones that you might want to target for stacks here: Orioles and Mike Wright at Clay Buckholtz and the Red Sox. The over under there is nine and a half. And finally, the big one, of course, Coors Field. Always going to be the highest over-under uh, nine times out of ten, I'd say. You've got Jeff Samarja and the Giants heading to Coors Field to take on Chatwood and the Rockies. The over-under is 11. Is there any stacks that really stand out to you, Chris, or are you, still, are you going with a variety and looking mostly for value? Uh, I'd probably go mostly variety and value on this day. I, mean, I did go last week, uh, last Friday when I went, I went with the stack of Brewers versus Astros, so it definitely does work from time to time. But, um, some, I mean, you can go either scenario, but generally I think if you're looking at tournaments, you probably want to go a little more with a little more mix and match because you're not going to – generally when you stack a bunch of guys, you're not going to score with all of them. Mm-hmm. So you want to kind of mix and match a bit more, but there is a couple guys you can stack. If I'm looking at it, the obvious one probably would be in Colorado, but those prices mm-hmm. are generally going to be inflated for the fact that it's in Colorado. Yeah. And like, and everyone thinks Samarja is going to start turning things around. His first start wasn't great, and I'm sure playing in Colorado won't do him any favors. Pitching in Colorado the second time around, so uh, either one of those, uh, either team in that game, probably pretty good bet to score some runs. I mm-hmm. think. Anytime you want to do a rocky stack, either in Colorado or away from Colorado, it, it's absolutely going to cost you. Blackman's price is up there already. Trevor Story's no secret anymore. He's going to be up way up there in price. But I do like where you're going with the Giants stack here. And I think that even though the prices might inflate a little bit due to the high over-under, there still might be some value there. If they keep the same batting order and start off with Denard Span and Joe Panic, I think uh, that will there's going to be some room for profit there because both of those players are going to be hovering right around 3,000. Panic out of the second base, Span out of the outfield. If they move Angel Pagan up to second in the order, which they've done on occasion this year, he might be another option to look at, especially. And uh, I think it could be a good day to pay up for a guy like Buster Posey, of course, making sure he's in the lineup wherever it is. So there's there's a lot of hitters that could really do some damage there. Yeah, and uh, Hunter Pence has actually had a slow start to the season, so that might shy some people away from because he's, well, he's not too slow, but he hasn't been up to his standards. He hasn't had much power. I'm not sure if he's even taken one out yet. He may mm-hmm. have. So, um, I and I, if he's going to turn it around, I feel like this is the place to do it. So mm-hmm. I could definitely see using him there. And he hasn't been overly expensive uh, early on and FanDuel because I've used him a couple times. So he hasn't been overly expensive on FanDuel. And if, like you're talking about, if you're stacking those three, you could uh, add Hunter Pence in there as well as a decent mm-hmm. option as well. And it might not break the budget exactly. as some of the other stacks, like you said, mm-hmm. Colorado would probably. Yeah, personally, just looking at the prices, I see guys like Matt Duffy that to me are a little bit overpriced based on what uh, they bring to the table there. One last thing I want to add. Uh, might want to consider some Orioles right-handers specifically against the Red Sox here. And uh, I'm looking at guys like Manny Machado, uh, Chris Davis, a lefty, so it'll be a lefty-lefty matchup. But uh, Mark Trumbo is another good candidate, even Matt Wieters, J.J. Hardy, if you're looking for salary relief. I'm just not quite sold on Clay Buchholz uh, just yet. He just he always seems to let me down whenever I count on him in fantasy. Maybe he'll prove me wrong, but I'll, I'll pick out a couple Orioles right-handers to sneak in there. 
MLB season is here, and that means Daily Fantasy Baseball is back. Go to FanDuel.com to play now. Remember, building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1, so anyone can play. It is wide open. Remember, that is FanDuel.com. And, of course, uh, if you're a first-time FanDuel depositor, uh, try and go through the links on the RotoWire website. A deposit of $25 or more will get you free access to RotoWire.com. So it's a, it's a win-win. You could turn that 25 into uh, a much bigger bankroll, and you get uh, six months to RotoWire to enjoy yourself and hopefully get some help with those FanDuel lineups here. But uh, speaking of FanDuel lineups, of course, it's a daily fantasy podcast, but uh, we want to talk some tournament flyers as we like to typically close these shows out. These are a little bit more high-risk, potentially high-reward options, going to be cheaper-priced players in general, possibly players you want to avoid in cash games because the ceiling, or I'm sorry, the, the high floor hasn't necessarily been established yet. But I don't know, sometimes we like to call them darts, uh, lottery tickets even, but uh, pitchers that have the skill set and the potential to do it, just don't always do it. And, and Chris, if you're going to enter a big GPP, such as the squeeze or something tomorrow, uh, which pitcher are you thinking of using? Yeah, if I'm looking at uh, entering a GPP tomorrow, the pitcher I am looking at is Derek Holland. He's uh, going into Safeco Field, which, again, is one of the better pitching ballparks in baseball. And he's a he's a southpaw, which could help neutralize the hot bat of Robinson Cano off the beginning of the season. Uh, He's facing Wade Miley, and there's nothing special about him, and the Rangers generally give decent run support, so I could see the Rangers scoring some runs in that game, and that's really what's needed to get uh, Holland the win there. And, And again, like I was saying before, I think wins are definitely, especially in GPPs, you need every point possible, and wins are huge in that um, in that format. And uh, he has a history of decent strikeout totals. And if I'm going to go with a flyer there, go a little cheaper at the pitching position, I'm looking for a guy that has a decent strikeout upside. So that's a guy I kind of like there. And really the the biggest drawback he had so far is, has been his home the home run ball. He's given up a fair number of those in the past. And like I was saying the, the fact that he's at Safeco Field could help neutralize that a little bit. So mm-hmm. if we're looking for somebody a little a little cheaper on the, the pay scale there, I, I think I'm looking at Derek Holland on Tuesday. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. He's someone that uh, could potentially field a big return. Uh, my guy, who you might even be able to argue could be used in cash games, I actually feel really good about him, is uh, Gio Gonzalez of the Nationals. Now, uh I say he's a tournament play because the strikeout upside is definitely there, but the matchup is fantastic in this outing. Going against the winless Atlanta Braves, uh, a lineup that took another hit with Ender and Ciarte being placed on the disabled list. But uh, the real thing I like to look at is the Nats are minus 200 favorites, highest of the day. So even if Gio isn't spot on, he'll still score big fantasy points. And he's been kind of a hit or miss player at times in his career, but... uh, he does have strikeout upside. The, uh, the left-handed pitcher has had his his big days, and he'll have one or two of them over a season. And you know, even though it's only April, I think there's a pretty decent chance that he's able to to go ahead and do that on Tuesday. Yeah, and uh, I think the fact that he's like you said, hit or miss sometimes helps with ownership because some people are sh- generally some people shy away from having guys that can be a bust, and that's when you're in a tournament and you're looking for a flyer, you want to find somebody who has that big 
big potential. He may have a low a low floor, but having that high strikeout potential and and having a, a really good chance at a win is definitely uh, a bonus when you're playing some when you're looking to to make some big money in GPPs. Yeah, that's the uh, way to do it, Chris. Well, thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by FanDuel, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Remember that first-time FanDuel users that make a deposit of 25 or more, be a Rotowire, can get six months of complimentary access. Or if you're just interested in checking out rotowire.com first, head on over to rotowire.com slash pod. That's rotowire.com slash P-O-D. Once again, I'm Jake Letarski. You can follow me on Twitter at jakeski52. And I'm Chris Benzine. You can follow me at crispy27-2002. The Rotowire Daily Fantasy Podcast will return Wednesday with myself and the University of Georgia's finest, John McKechnie.